you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Around the League Podcast gets in scuffles with Liz Frank. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room full of hero, Mark Sessler. You know, Dan, it's good to be with you. We were, we were three strong. Yeah. Should have been four. We're down to two. We're two. Uh, Wes is having car trouble. He's at some type of motor dealer dealing with a flat tire issue. Greg was seated with us right before the start of the podcast, but knew he is the boss. He's the editor, and he had to be. He he swept downstairs to deal with some management issues. So it's you and I, Cambridge behind the glass, of course, and Wes supposedly joining us. His chair is waiting for us. Uh, is there for him when he wants it. Let's just do our best. Let's just do it. We've done this before. We've done it before. You know, it's, we're not going to panic. We're not going to panic here. This is the ATL Debate Club. This is how it started. Just you and me. I see the fear in your eyes. K. <laughs> oh, Rich. come on. You guys are pros. We've been doing this all last season. The funny thing is, is before K. Rich just said that, she the door was opening and she was about to sneak out. And then she <laughs> came back. But we're confident. So let's start with the biggest story in the NFL. And Mark, you and I will talk about it. Aaron Rodgers. Monday night, we all know what happened. He got tackled at the end of the first series of the game, suffered a broken collarbone. He is out four to six weeks per Ian Rappaport. How does this change the Packers? I mean, this is this is a disaster right now. I mean, you have Seneca Wallace who, you know, he was a guy that they just kind of brought out of, out of the ether, and now all of a sudden he's going to be asked to help win games? I don't know. You, you look at the list of devastating losses. Uh, wouldn't you put Rodgers right up at the top. I'd put him above Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. I mean, with them, they've scored 28.2 points per game. What, you know, what's going to happen with Seneca Wallace in there? We, we've got a taste of it. It's not pretty. Yeah, I mean, he didn't play very well at all. And let's face it, I mean, it's not really his fault either. He was brought in to be just the backup. and But I guess that also goes back to the Packers planning with this. Uh, they They... Their Graham Harrell um, experiment, that never worked out. They brought in Vince Young. That didn't work out. Uh, I believe there was a uh, B.J. Daniel. 
Well, there's a laundry list of guys that sound like they were minor league pitchers, basically, or just guys <laughs> that worked at like your accounting firm. But it's, you know, honestly, they are a team now that they almost got lucky that it happened this year because their running game is so good, right? With Eddie Lacy, had this happened last year, they go oh for however long he's gone. It looks right now that he's going to be out, what, four to six weeks, and the sources that talked to Ian Rappaport said maybe closer to four because he's been a quick healer in the past, but that's still Thanksgiving four games from now is only three weeks away. Right. I think, yeah, they sh- they – should be able to survive, but at the same time, would you be shocked if the wheels fell off without him? He's that, like you said, he's that important. And uh, listen, Mark, we got to say it. We got to bring it up. K. Rich behind the glass. There, there was a time before the season started that you had some grim feelings about this team, right? You had a Sessler, if you will. Well, yeah, it was Sessler. We were doing our NFC North preview right. back in August in the in the hazy summertime, mm. and we were I was cooking up my NFC North standings, and I liked the Bears going in. I think a lot of us did actually. I had a strange sensation that something would take the Packers off course. All right, guys, I dug deep into the ATL archives to find this soundbite. I have a feeling something weird's going to happen in Green Bay. It's not a, so much a 9-7 and seven comment on their talent. I just think, think something... So you're saying injury? No, no, no. Just something <laughs> unexpected. I get these feelings sometimes. Lo- you are the leader in the clubhouse. Gutsiest pick now, I think. That's not that gutsy, is uh, it? I had the Eagles winning. That... I'm, not, I'm not giving Sessler anything. <laughs> <laughs> so there, Greg did join us for a second, ultimately. There. Yeah. Um, listen, you were... That is a Sessler. Now... What I'm thinking, did you get any heat from any ATL podcast listeners uh, that remembered your prediction? Uh, I did. I got a couple, you know, su- surprisingly from Tristan, who is a loyal listener. Um, I guess maybe he's a Packers fan. I'm not sure. He dialed that up that evening and said, this is on you. But, you know, it isn't because, it, you know, it wasn't that. No, we- I think it is, Mark. Oh, I, I think know. it is on you. Well, let me ask you this, Mark. So let's talk about the bigger NFC playoff picture. Uh, the Packers are now 5-3. and three. That's a three-way tie in the NFC North with all teams not named the Vikings. And when I look at the standings, uh, oh, look at this. Walking into the podcast studio right now, there he is, Chris Wessling, four tires all inflated on his car. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. What up, boys? Wow. What, what has happened to you today? What do you mean? It it just sounds like it's been a rough twelve hours. You got I got the the manic phone call uh, in the newsroom last night that you wouldn't be able to make your softball game. You wanted me to relay that message, and now hours and hours later, you're stuck at a, a some type of auto shop dealing with all issues. You sent an agitated text to Greg. It sounded like it was kind of a tough day for Chris West. Well, I wasn't happy about missing softball. Uh, I got stuck in traffic, and in the construction zone, somehow my tire went flat. I blame the construction workers, of course. Uh, so then it got towed to Costco. You go there. You can't just get a tire. You have to sign up for a membership. That takes oh, forever while you go through this zoo of people, most of whom should be in cages. Really. <laughs> I mean, come on. So that took forever. And then uh, they said it would take an hour. It took longer than that. So I walked around, got my hair cut, did a few things. You don't have hair. I know. For the first time in like two years, I I, I left a little on top and just shaved oh, the sides of Oh, interesting. I'm going to experiment a little bit, see how much of a chia pet I look like. I was going to say, I'm going to track this very closely day by day. Well, 
welcome to the podcast. We're glad that your car, um, your high-performance uh, vehicle, <laughs> is uh, back in working order. We were talking about the NFC North and what's going to happen now that Aaron Rodgers is out of the picture. You know, there are a lot of teams that um, you can make a case for as playoff teams, and I'll go down the list. We have the Lions, Bears, Packers, Saints, Panthers, Seahawks, Niners, and if you want, if you're feeling really generous, the Cardinals. So I'll throw it to you, Wes, first. If you had to pick one of those teams not to make the playoffs, because there's probably going to be at least one of these that don't, who would you pick? Throw out the Cardinals. Throw out the Cardinals. Yeah. I would pick the Bears. I don't think their defense is good enough. Um, I think the Packers can hold on until Rodgers gets back, and then at that point they become the best team in the in the NFC North again. Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews would should be getting back around the same time or a week or two later. I think they take over. Like I said, I don't trust the Bears' defense. Mark? Well, that's a good point. You know, the Bears have, I think, one of the worst defenses, giving up points, number one in the NFL, but also their scoring offense is been first or second in a ton of categories across the board. I like what's going on in Chicago. I like what Tressman's done without skipping a beat, going from Cutler to McCown. I thought they rose to the occasion I think they might have even beaten Green Bay with Rodgers in there, but that's probably not the case. Who knows? I, I before the season, felt that Green Bay would go 9-7 and seven and miss the playoffs. I'm sticking with that. That's my team that won't make it in the NFC. Well, let me just go down the schedule because, Wes, before you got here, we were talking about, you know, without Rodgers and Wallace, that's a tough spot, but their, their schedule isn't too tough. So let's think – let's assume he misses – Rodgers misses through Thanksgiving, okay? And I think that's fair. Uh, that's the next four weeks. Uh, you have home to Eagles, at Giants, home to Vikings, at Lions on Thanksgiving, which is going to be a tough game, obviously. But those are three pretty, two potentially bad NFC teams, and then the Eagles, which who knows what to make of them, but they've had some very bad games. Why can't they win uh, two of these four games and be okay? All of them. Why can't they win all of them? Well, I don't know about all of them. Well, and they do have – listen, the thing to like about Green Bay is their defense has gotten incrementally better with every game, couple of games, in terms of the yardage they've given up. They are pounding the ball. That running game is for real. Chicago's not the defense they're going to face every week. We saw gigantic barn doors open for Eddie Lacy. But even against some of the better defenses, Green Bay's been able to run the ball week after week. The Bears' defense Monday night looked like the same one that allowed Brandon Jacobs to rush for 100 yards. Well, so it was. That, was. that was an issue. But, yeah, I, I fully expect them to make Eddie Lacy and James Starks the focal point of that offense. Now, when uh, the Bears dared Seneca Wallace to beat them in the late late third quarter and fourth, they also shut down the Packers' running game. So we, we can't assume that Lacy and Starks will stay the same production level with Wallace as they did with Rodgers. You know, I look at the Giants. One of the, one, we're saying it's that's an automatic win. New York's run defense has been stout. It's not a, it's not a bad at all. And I think if teams can, with some time to plan, put Wallace in a position where he's got to make the play. That's where I see Green Bay running into a ton of trouble. Mark, I don't appreciate you putting words in my mouth because I did not call it an automatic. Win. I think it's. I think we can look at the schedule. I'm not saying you did, but you sort of did. Now you look that, at me. That's what we see. Oh, Vikings, Giants. That's two and zero. Oh. Nice, easy, soft, soft they layup could schedule. Go, they could go zero and four or four and zero over the stretch. Yeah, but I would think you know if you can get if they're five and three now, and let's work under the assumption, although maybe we shouldn't, that he'll be back Sunday night football against the Falcons, Week fourteen. If they can get to that game, seven and five, I think 
uh, I'm c- completely confident that they'll get to the playoffs if Rodgers gets back. My pick, by the way, because I know you guys are waiting for it. Um, I'm. I know this is kind of sacrilege. Everyone's excited about the Panthers. I still need to see the Panthers beat some good teams. I need to see them win some close games. And I think in a in a conference that has some really good teams, until I see them kind of make that leap against quality opponents, I'm not ready to buy in. I was actually going to say I hope the Saints make the playoffs because the Panthers are winning that division. Hmm. Well, and you know, it's I understand wow. the argument of they haven't yes. beaten anyone, but you know what? Against these lesser teams, which is not the case in the NFL this year. They've gone out and slaughtered they've the lesser them. teams. They've smoked them. And here's what's going on in Carolina. The defense has been the same all year. I don't know if people realize that the Falcons scored a touchdown in the first half last week. That was the first one the Panthers allowed all year in the first half. That defense has been every bit as impressive as the Chiefs. And now Newton is catching up. He, he kind of started the season slow. He was taking too many chances down the field. His arm was scattershot. His footwork was a mess. He's fixed a lot of that. He's taking dump-offs, which we kind of criticize other quarterbacks for doing. But with a defense like the Panthers, he can afford to do that. And with his running ability, they can afford to do that too. So they're becoming a, a well-balanced offense. They get Jonathan Stewart back. They've got Ron Rivera kind of – Riverboat gal- Ron. Riverboat Ron. Galvanizing the team with his aggressiveness. This is a different team, and I am really looking forward to the 49ers game this week. Well, I think that's in our in house, that's become our game of the week because it really is a test of a Carolina team that seems like it is surging. Is there any scenario? I think Seattle, we'd have to be nuts to say they aren't a shoe in for probably a buy unless the wheels fall off. Any scenario where San Francisco reverts back to where they were a little bit earlier in the year and somehow doesn't make it in as a wild card? I don't see that happening with Crabtree coming back. I mean, that was the problem earlier in the year. Their wide receivers couldn't separate from man coverage. We can't assume Crabtree will be pre-injury form. But Manningham also coming back. This looks like an offense getting stronger, not weaker. All right, fellas. So the Aaron Rodgers injury and, of course, all the fallout in the NFC is uh, the biggest – on-field football story this week. K. Rich, can you tell us about the rest of the news around the NFL? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. K. Rich, how are you doing right now? What's up, guys? Are- I have been on a high all week long until my Eagles lose. And with Aaron Rodgers out, I'm kind of optimistic. Yeah, you deserve to be optimistic. And it seems to be, to me anyway, there's a renewed confidence in your eyes once Wes walked in the studio. <laughs> it was. I think the podcast got a little bit upbeat. And to continue that upbeatness, I'm going to start with the news, starting with defensive coordinator Wade Phillips, who was picked as the Houston, Texas interim head coach until Gary Kubiak returns. Well, yeah, I mean, Phillips had a bit of an up and down, mostly down tenure with the Cowboys, but uh, at least they had someone in house here to hold things down. Now, what what remains to be seen is if this even matters from a competition standpoint, are they already too far back for it to even matter? I well, find them interesting right now. Oh, yeah, and I don't think we liked the play calling that happened uh, down the stretch on Sunday, but I, we probably have to give the Texans a pass for that considering the shock they had at for halftime. Sure. And Rick Dennison, their offensive coordinator, was is considered one of the most respected coordinators in the league, got some head coaching interviews, I think he's a guy you can trust to call the right plays. He's considered basically one of the top five running game coordinators in the NFL. They might miss Kubiak's passing game prowess a little bit. 
One thing to watch out for, this Arian Foster back issue, it's still kind of hazy what the deal is with it. Um, they've, lo- they've lost Brian Cushing, and now they don't have their coach. If they, if they lose Foster, can we really get behind them at all as a team that can get? I know, Wes, you're very big on Case Keenum, but is wouldn't Foster be almost like the final nail in the coffin? I think if it depends on how Ben Tate runs. He wasn't himself last week. If he's closer to 100%, I don't think they'll miss Foster that much. Foster's a better player, but Tate's one of the best backups in the NFL. They can run that offense with Ben Tate. And Keenum is, he's not just completing, you know, short conservative passes. That guy's winging it downfield. He's completing, I think it's something like eight passes over 25 yards. 11 passes over 25 yards, yeah. I mean, I love his, maybe he doesn't even know what he doesn't know at this point, and they're kind of just saying, just go out there and play some football. They just, for the first time this season, looked like a fun team to me. And because of uh, Mr. Fat Randy's missed field goal, we forget that Case Keenum actually brought them back into field goal range at the end of that game with very little time left. He's played well. What else is in the news, K-Rich? All right, next up. Unfortunately, I think we might be hearing about this for a little while. The NFLPA seeks a meeting between Richie Incognito and Jonathan Martin's representatives. We're not going to... I'm sure there are a lot of people that want to talk about this all day and take one side or the other and talk about what it is uh, to be bullied and what hazing means. I don't think we anybody in this room wants to do that, but I guess, you know, from a from a standpoint of the Dolphins, you know, this is just a, such a bad situation that they've lost now two-fifths of their offensive line over this mess, and, you know, I don't know how this is going to end up, but it doesn't sound like Incognito is going to be back and it, I don't know if Martin's going to be back either. How do they move on from this? I would really love to dig deep into this issue, but there is a shadowy league figure standing <laughs> over me with a sickle in his hand. He's got an actual <laughs> sickle. I don't even. I didn't even know they made those anymore. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll just talk about the state of their offensive line, which was poor to begin with, and, and is now going to get worse. Uh, Martin and Incognito both were playing at a subpar level, which tells you that the guys behind them have to be pretty right. bad. But, like you said, they're not losing Joe Thomas and, like, an all-star guard. I mean, like, these guys, Martin probably was not happy at all to see McKinney come in and take his spot. That, I feel like, triggered some of this to some degree. But this is a line that's gotten Tannehill killed all season, and it only gets worse. And, Mark, as I sit across from you every day, you you are not really too into seeing on your Twitter feed these people that seem to have a the a pulse of this locker room in this situation. You don't want to hear from these people, do you? I just I, – no, listen, everyone's fine. Everyone can comment all they want. I just think that a lot of people have no – there's a lot more, I think, that's going to come out on this. Yeah, I think this is this going to continue to snowball, and I think it's going to be a problem for the rest of the season. It seems like there are – beyond even Incognito and Martin, there are issues in that locker room. Right, and you wonder from, from my standpoint especially – or excuse me, from the Dolphins' standpoint, what happens – if this team, if this snowballs and then the team kind of tanks a little bit, is Joe Feldman going to lose his job? And would this be a big part of the reason why? I can't wrap my head around the Joe Philbin that we saw with a sterling reputation coming out of Green Bay, one of the nicest guys in the NFL, and seems to there seems to be some kind of code red situation going on with people ordering Incognito to do this to Martin. I don't know what's going on there, but I think he has to be held responsible in some way if that did happen. Well, we'll continue to see how this unfolds. K. Rich, anything else in the news? Yeah, one more thing. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Nick Foles 
My eyes are glimmering <laughs> right now. And Cleveland quarterback Jason Campbell topped the list of Week 9 Players of the Week. <laughs> I just thought this was funny being – you How know, did this congrats. get into the news? <laughs> I thought, you know what, this is, this is on me. I just thought it was funny that, uh, number one, that Nick Foles, which is K. Rich's boy, and Jason Campbell, which has become Sessler's boy, you know, th- that these Mike two- Covinger's boy. Yeah. yeah. By default, I'll accept it. Um, that these two players were somehow the offensive players of the week. It's a weird universe we live in. I think it's a pr- this season in particular, we've gotten strong, but also a ton of play from backup quarterbacks. There have, been, there have been so many number ones that have gone down. And in the, in the past, it was like you had a Seneca Wallace all over the place. A lot of these guys have come in and been preferable. You know what we've learned from this? If you have a struggling former first-round pick and he's not getting the job done, yank him. That's right. The guy behind him might give your, li- give your offense some life. I mean, we saw it twice in Cleveland now with two, two different backups. That's how bad Whedon was playing. And I went <laughs> back and watched even the last game where Campbell went out for one series. And the energy when Whedon comes in, and exactly. I don't want to pile on this guy at this point, but the air in the stadium yeah. and of the offense. He came just, in through a minus two yard screen pass, and then somehow avoided an intentional grounding penalty on the next play, and those were his two plays. Yeah, I think in retrospect, the high point of the Whedon era is when he came in for Hoyer. They won that game on Thursday night, but it, that's it. I think that will be the last um, positive moment of his tenure in Cleveland. I think now that there is no, the rookie wages are reasonable now it used to be if you paid a guy like Jamarcus Russell you couldn't bench him now there's no reason to hold the rest of your team hostage just to suit a first round draft pick. and these coaches that are working 100 plus hours a week they don't have four or five years to develop a guy if it doesn't happen in a year and a half Yank especially in a city like Cleveland you're out so you've got to get it done all right thank you for the news Crystal as always stick a fork in them Here lies the Oakland Raiders, who overcame the dire predictions of genius pundits, but cannot be taken seriously as a contender in the middling American Football Conference. We stick a fork in the Raiders, but it is Wes who may eventually stick a fork into his softball pants. Listen, it was a bad, bad game for the Raiders at home. Nick Foles sets all sorts of records. Um, so this wasn't – it's basically two things, by the way. And people – some people might be confused. Wes's softball pants and the Raiders' fork are two totally different things. I don't think that the Raiders – and we all agreed, the fork committee got together, agreed that the Raiders stand a chance of getting to nine wins or in that area to make a playoff run. But they still can get to six wins, which would mean that Wes would gobble up some nylon. Nylon, polyester. Um, you know, you have the zipper, which is a metal product, uh, all sorts of unsavory things for your so intestinal system. Unlike, unlike the other teams which we forked, the Raiders actually have something to play for. They do. I don't know if they, they probably don't know that. In fact, I can almost guarantee you they don't know <laughs> that. Uh, but, uh, yes, you're right. Uh, Mark, what do you think about this? I think it's funny that we oh, – so Philadelphia rolls into Oakland and handles business big time, wipes them out, right? Philadelphia is 4-5. and five. And had they lost, they'd be three and six. I think we still wouldn't have forked the Eagles because they're in a division that really anyone could win. But if you're Oakland and you're three and five right now, it's over because you're in a division with two teams that are going to have 12 plus wins, if not 13 plus. The AFC is littered with too many four and five win options right here. 
I think Oakland deserves some respect for the fact that we wouldn't have been surprised before the year if they had not won a game at this point. They've played some gutsy football. Their defense has shown up beyond what we thought they would. Terrell Pryor, a bit of a surprise, but they aren't a complete team on any level. But I think that Dennis Allen has made the leap to some degree. We will find out. I agree. I still think this is a roster which has many holes when you look forward. They have a lot of band-aids on defense, older players that they just signed to short-term deals. There's not really a whole building block here. McFadden's going to be a free agent. I don't think he'll be back. They can build around prior, but there are still questions on whether he's a passer or not. But there's still more of a feeling of optimism than there was in August. So the Raiders joined, and the Stick a Fork in them series, I'm sure if you listen to the podcast you know, but if you haven't, Stick a Fork, when we stick a fork in a team, we are guaranteeing that they don't make the playoffs. If we're wrong on any of these predictions, we will never, never do this segment again. And Greg, since he's not here, will have Greg donate a healthy sum of his December paycheck to a charity of K. Rich's choice. That works. Well, like, thank you. Yeah. What are you thinking, <laughs> Kay Rich? Just off the top of your head in terms of a charity. Anything with children regarding the holidays. I like it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I like it. That sounds like the Salvation Anything Army written all over it. Um, okay. So, by the way, those, here's the fork list. Just uh, you know, a little housekeeping here. The Jags, uh, now the Raiders, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Bucks, and the Rams. I think those are all our four teams right now. And now... Let's move forward and say so long to the Raiders from a um, comp- uh, contender standpoint, but we will be talking about them for softball reasons. But what about other teams? Now, the committee got together, only named the Raiders as uh, a fork. I was thinking, we talked about this downstairs, Steelers and Bills are two teams that are really hanging by a thread now as contenders in the AFC. How about a good old fortune, uh, and they happen to be facing off on Sunday, how about a good old-fashioned fork-off with the loser getting forked? Well, I uh, I had to send in my absentee ballot to the fork committee <laughs> since I was out Car handling trouble. Costco issues. Uh, <laughs> and I did vote for the Raiders to be forked, but if I was in the committee, I would have voted for the Buffalo Bills before the Raiders. Hmm. I think when you don't have a quarterback, you have a problem, and I know Bills fans love E.J. Manuel with good reason. There's a reason to be positive about his future, but right now he's not a good NFL quarterback. I don't think they can come out of that division or even contend for a wild card spot with that big of a question mark at quarterback. I don't disagree. I think that this uh, game coming up between Buffalo and Pittsburgh is a great way to decide this. Uh, I would have voted actually for Pittsburgh above Buffalo because I just watched that Chiefs game against the Bills where honestly, you know, and you can't look at football this way, but two or three plays kept Buffalo from winning that game. And had they, had they overcome the Chiefs, we wouldn't be, even be talking about them this way. Pittsburgh, to me, I think the reputation, they've had one losing season in 10 years. We just don't believe that they can be as bad as the record is right now. But I don't see Pittsburgh going what they'd need to do, probably go 7-1 to finish 9-7 and, and, and squeak into the playoffs. Don't see it happening. I was ready to vote for Pittsburgh. Others were not. And then, uh, you know, Greg isn't here. Greg was, has been pushing hard for the Giants for a couple of weeks. It just didn't feel right. Uh, the committee members decided to fork a team coming off a two-game winning streak. Now, if they lose this week against the Raiders, I think you have a very clear case to fork the Giants. But uh, we'll see what happens, see how the week plays out. So I think with the Giants, you have to touch on history here, too. Every time people have counted the Tom Coughlin That's Giants fair. out is when they turn their season around. Do we want to be the next mark? 
I don't know. And also, they are in the NFC East, which which anyone could get hot for even half a month and be in the driver's seat. Right. So two and six, you think, oh, maybe they could string together. It might just need, a, as Mark, you've said all season, it might just be eight wins that wins that division. Could they go six and two? It's possible. Could they go seven and one? I don't know. So they have the Raiders and then Seneca Wallace. Right. That's right. Yeah, they could be, They'll right, be right back, back in, in the, the mix. All right, let's move on to Thursday night football. We move on to week 10. Season just flying along. We have the Washington Redskins facing the Minnesota Vikings. I do not understand how are we keep on how do we keep on getting these Vikings primetime games? No God! <laughs> no God, please no. No! 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 Nice touch, K Rich. Anytime. And it's uh, been like a rash because it's three times in four weeks. How is and twice in six days at one point. Yeah. So, you know, we are I understand it makes sense, I guess, when they made the schedule, they had the MVP in Peterson. This was t- seemed by, I guess, some people as an ascendant team. But, uh, you know, we're getting to see a lot of the Vikings on a primetime stage. Wes, I'll throw it to you. What, what are you looking forward to seeing in this game? This was the hardest game for me to pick all week. Um, I, I, when I went back and watched the Vikings game, everybody got worked up about the Adrian Peterson touchdown run. The entire game, he runs so violently <laughs> – and it, he punishes you for. I don't know how people tackle him. Like he, I don't. I guess that's how great NFL defenders are because Adrian Peterson looks like he's about to run for three hundred yards on the next next team he goes against. Is there a game that could highlight at this point two of the more disappointing teams of the year? This is this was what they outlined to be. Listen, two NFC hopefuls, especially Washington. But you're Mike Shanahan, and you're going to go through this. I'm going to go three and five, three and six, and try to sneak well, back into it. Act? I think a lot of, I think a lot of, if you remember before the season started, you had all the uncertainty around RG three, so we didn't really know what we were going to get from him. And a lot of people, I think all of us, picked the Vikings to finish uh, in the lower half of their division. I mean, I just think that it became a situation where it's almost been a worst case situation scenario for both teams. If I were Washington, though, the best thing you could have done for RG three, who yes, probably they knew would need a month to cook up, is to build something other than a complete train wreck on defense. Right, and to me, I guess the favorite in this game will be the only will be the defense that shows a backbone. I think the Redskins' offense is playing pretty well right now. They're moving the ball. The running game is really in tune. Uh, Pierre Garcon is playing great. RG3 is playing better than he was earlier in the year. I could see the Redskins scoring 35 or 40 points in this game. I could also see Adrian Peterson rushing for 300 yards. Yeah, and I personally, I picked the Redskins to win the NFC East, and uh, they've disappointed this season. And this is the game. I mean, if you've had faith in them that they're going to turn it around, if it doesn't happen here, you know, turn out the lights, it's over. So you you would think that uh, the Redskins are a more motivated team here. Uh, did anyone take the Vikings to win this game? I took the Redskins, and if you look at it, it's crazy that they're they're actually in better shape right now than they were at this time last year. Uh, they're a half game better in the standings, I think. And with the caveat that RG3 isn't a top-five quarterback this year like he was last year, this team still looks like they could do some damage in that division. Well, they're only you know a game back if they win this thing in, in the East. And like we said, the East is up for grabs for even probably a couple weeks from now. The Redskins have scored a lot of points lately. It looks like RG3 has some chemistry with Garcon. We love Reed at tight end. And they're, you know what? They're running the ball well. 
So Minnesota, who do you have? I have the Redskins too, and I just I think that they're actually they're, they're starting to get it together. We'll see. You know, I took the Redskins as well, but uh, you know that's not necessarily an indictment of, uh, or it's not a vote of confidence. I just think the Vikings stink, so they should be able to beat them. But we'll see. All right, that will do it for the Around the League podcast. We will be back on Friday where we will, I guess, talk about that Redskins-Vikings game and go over the rest of our Week 10 picks and preview all those games. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the Mailman, the Sizzler, K-Rich behind the glass, and, of course, Lyle, the ATL intern. Until Friday. Until Sunday. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.